Hey everyone ever, today's episode of 20th Century Pop is a glorified rerun of an episode that originally streamed on April 20th, 2017. So it's an old one and some of the audio might sound a little off as we were still figuring that part out, but the actual discussion is still worth a uh, listen. You know, the decade of the 1980s gave us so much. Freezy Freakies, Tato Skins, Ernest Goes to Camp, and blowing alongside those examples was one of the biggest acts of popular music, uh, Huey Lewis and the News. On this particular episode, uh, Bob and I listened to every single song off every single album of that era's discography. It was a lot of horns and maybe too much harmonica. I've tried to think about how to describe Huey Lewis and the news music. And I always go like, I see it described as like blues rock, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't hear blues rock. Um, and I, when I think of pop, I think more of Madonna and I don't hear Madonna in sports. Um, I've seen <laughs> it described as pub rock, but I don't think it's really pub rock. Well, that's, that's yeah no it is odd that of the of music that we'll ever talk about if they're undescribable I <laughs> I guess in listening to them that's what I wanted to ask you I mean are they are they a nostalgia act like I know they had that album of covers yeah. you know or are they an all time rock act or was the music they were producing and the albums we heard was that like an act of nostalgia like doo wop and old time American fifties rock or or was that the actual sound and we lived through it when it was new. I feel like there's two different sounds for Huey Lewis that I know. I mean, the first thing I ever heard of his was probably Power of Love from Back to the Future. And that's so ingrained in that movie. And that's a movie of the 80s that travels back to the 50. But the sound in that movie with the horns and and, and everything, that does sound like 80s pop music to me. I mean, that's that's nothing but that, which is fine. But but to to trace forward and back in their albums, you get songs where they're doing like a doo-wop kind of background vocal thing. You have... um, I'm trying to think of some of the songs. Whole Lot of Lovin', I think, is one of the songs. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their songs have doo-wop just underlying everything, just their, their choruses and some, some you know, it, it's it's just sort of constantly there, the doo-wop and the stuff. I think I think they're just such an amalgam of so much of that stuff, the, the, the nostalgia, the doo-wop, just the 50s kind of classic rock and roll. Um, and it's what's interesting is, and we, we talked a little bit about this offline be, before uh, before we got going here. Um, we're going to start recording everything when we talk. <laughs> we, uh, I'm talking days ago. Um, the, before he was in Huey Lewis and the News, and this group of guys formed Huey Lewis and the News, uh, they were in bands that were more like jazz fusion bands, jazz yeah. funk bands, mm-hmm. which... At times, you can even hear that in their songs, especially later when I think they kind of go back to that sound. Um, but we won't but what jump was their sound? I, guess I don't that's know. What's driving me nuts? Their early stuff is described as new wave, <laughs> and I would never think of Huey Lewis in the news as new wave. Well, I'll tell people if you want to think of Huey Lewis as in, in the news as new wave, do what Bob and I did for this episode, just so the listeners know what we endured, did, enjoyed, went through. Um, <laughs> we you under your direction we listened to kind of paraded through it took me two days to do this i'm sorry i can do it all in one we listened to five albums six albums uh six albums six albums from the very first self-titled album through the 1990 what 91 album hard at play we listened to the full album of each album which is an accomplishment that's now on my resume but that first awesome. album. So the jump. That's not the title. The first album. It's not <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the first album. I don't really. I didn't really know that album. Um, it is just called Huey Lewis and the News, correct? Yes, uh, Huey Lewis and the News. It came out in 1980. That album does kind of sound like the first half of the 80s. Is when you say new wave, I would agree. I mean, it. Yeah. You know, it sounded a lot like uh, Rick Springfield. It sounded a lot kind of like the Outfield. Uh, it sounded a lot like a mullet that had a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off i mean it, it was that album is not distinguishable from song to song like it's no. not i like it and if i'm gonna like the first track i have to like all the tracks because they all to me sounded exactly the same they really did they, they all had the same sort of sharp guitar you know angular guitar riffs 
Um, they had the synthesizer keyboards going kind of. That's what makes them new wave, probably. Probably. That's a great sound, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like every song had the same sort of rhythm to it, and, and every song was about love in some way. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this album, and what I thought when I was listening to it, and I probably hadn't listened to the whole thing in quite some time, is that it's not an album you listen to straight through. You just pull a song out and listen to it. It's great if a song comes up in, in, in shuffle or something, because the, the songs mm-hmm. are great. I love these songs. They're, they're really fun and fresh, and, and uh, <laughs> are they dope and rad? Totally rad. But this is, this is going to get to a point that I, I, I probably will try and make a little later. Um, fun and fresh, dope and rad. That's that's who I kind of felt like I was. I was never a rebel. I was, you know, I was the kid version, the non-musical version of Huey Lewis growing <laughs> up. And that's probably why I don't know if I, I like them because I felt like that's who I was or if I became that because I liked Huey Lewis and the news so much. But I was just He's not a rebel, right? No, they're not. They're not. I mean, they're not tough guys. No, look at, are they? I'm looking at the cover right now of their debut album. And it is <laughs> yeah, they, it what's that? No, I would love to hear your description. I, I have a mental image. They are just having fun. They're is a it, party band. It's that fun. It's fun to With me. No backdrop. We got a drummer standing up, Tim. He's standing up and drumming. We've got the keyboardist jumping with his legs spread out uh, while playing the keys. Both guitarists have their legs bent as they're ripping into their chords. The bassist is jumping, and Huey Lewis has the has the the microphone stand bent down to the floor as he comes down to one knee and is singing his heart out. They're just. But is that how you would have pictured the band? I mean, when you think of Huey Lewis, do you think of that album cover? Uh, I don't think of this album when I think of Huey Lewis, but I think of this picture when I think of okay. Huey Lewis. And the news. It makes what you're saying does make sense because I have to say the I guess would you say sports is their most famous album, the third album? Absolutely, yeah, sports. Yeah, that album because they're they're in I guess a sports bar. Is that why it's called sports? I'm not even I, sure. The, it the could name be why they're calling it. Uh, yeah, they're in a bar. They've got a football game yeah. on the on the uh, TV. They're a band. They're from San Francisco and they're huge. Uh, football fans or 49er fans um they actually all of that means a lot to me i'm sure it does I and mean, you'll love this fact three or four of the members of the 49ers including joe montana and jerry rice sang backup on uh small world on a couple of the songs on small world which is their. Are they also sang backup on hip to be square yeah uh, did they on four I too i, I thought that's so what I'm thinking of one or the other, or both. The last song on side one and the first song on side two, I believe, just in the liner notes that I looked at, because those were two of the albums I had. I guess what I would, to, to go back for a minute to the cover, I guess I'm wondering what, and maybe you're describing it to me, but do you think they knew that they weren't tough guys for those first couple albums? Because that sports cover, to look at it, to pick it up, like, I don't know who was buying it on the basis of a cover, but, <laughs> you know, to grab that album... In the 80s, I mean, I don't know if it's trying to do a Bruce Springsteen kind of like Hugh Lewis if he's Bruce Springsteen. I don't know if they're like the the American Rolling Stones. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be, you know, he's got his jacket off over his shoulder there at the bar. He, I guess, is supposed to kind of be just a working guy, either yeah. coming home or going out. But the rest of the band, and maybe this is the sad output of any time it's so-and-so and the somethings, Um the band doesn't seem to have an identity either in sound or appearance. Like on that cover, it's like a high school performance of Grease. Yeah. I mean, the, the band is very bland uh, visually. <laughs> they are bland. I'm, band, I'm talking visually. Right? Musically, I think they're, mm-hmm. they're themselves. Um, but what is that then? What is this? That's what I guess I'm getting at with these albums. What is the self of the news? Putting Huey Lewis aside for a minute, because we can figure him out probably. What is this band? I think, like you were saying before, I think it's this amalgam of of musical tastes from all of these guys in the bands that they were in before, um, which were called Clover and Soundhole. Mm. Yes, those are both true. They were, um, in preparation for this, I went back and I listened to some of their stuff. I haven't listened to that in a while um, on YouTube. And they, too, were an amalgamation of 
jazz, funk, country, um, pop, and it was all there. Well, until you got the pop, those are all things I do not like. Understood. Um, but I think also, well, well, not audible in those performances that I saw. I'm sure they were fans at the time of doo-wop and classic, you know, 50s rock and roll, um, leather jackets mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, you've got, um, and and what happened? I, they they're pretty accomplished musicians. I I think you can hear it as especially as you progress through these albums, um, their production and their playing and and just the the songs become tighter and, and cleaner. Um, part of the band, I don't know if it was all of Clover and it wasn't Huey Lewis, but the band themselves. Uh, were the backing band for Elvis Costello in the recordings. That's a new wave. Of, yeah, of of his first album. Well, I think so. And what you're saying, they are very talented musicians, and maybe this is why there's the Huey Lewis and are they are they the musicians that did the hits? I mean, yes, they played on them, but is that the music they wanted to be doing? Because this first album, it's yeah, it's very repetitive, poppy. I, I don't mind it, but but I, I do like it. Uh, picture this, their second album. It has, it has like my favorite hit of theirs. It has, do you believe in love? Which is that's traditional Huey Lewis ballad. It's a love song. That's not really about anything but a word. You know, it's, 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 there's, there's no risk in, in how Huey Lewis loves people, which is fine. I mean, that's very appealing to someone in the fifth and sixth grade. And yep. it's very appealing <laughs> to the concept of pop music. Um, so th- I, I like that, but th- that album is not very, memorable to me the picture of this and i just listened to it yesterday but by the time we get to sports like i don't know the first side of sports are those all radio hits uh yes the heart of rock and roll heart and soul bad is bad i want a new drug and i think does walking on a th- yeah walking on a thin line starts side too i'm looking at my cd so i don't have the sides yeah, no, that is to start the side two. I, I mean, that's side one. That's, and maybe this happened a lot in the eighties, if I, I really think about. It, but that's a pretty impressive feat if you go to buy an album, and if you're buying it on cassette or record before you even flip it, you have all the hits. I mean, yeah. those are solid songs. Honestly, uh, I want a new drug is, is the best represent, representation of the band. I think. I mean, it has a lot of it has horn solos. Everyone gets kind of a chance to play, and there is something to that song that I think is very unique. Um, Heart and Soul, which I think is the best song on the first side. I feel like that's kind of their sound. You know, I feel like they're not trying to be someone else in that song. Okay. And I'm not sure why, because that song doesn't actually spotlight other instruments, really. So maybe it's more... There's something about that song that feels very 80s in a way that I like, versus kind of harder rock and roll, which is I can do without. That's kind of like sliding through your house when your parents are out with just a button-down <laughs> shirt kind of song. Yeah. Um, Bad is Bad. Now, so is the song. So I, I don't care for that. Yeah, it's funny. But Heart and Soul and I Want a New Drug. Yeah. I mean, do you like do you like the first side of sports? I do like the first side of sports, um, but Bad is Bad is probably my least favorite. Bad is Bad is actually they have um, – they played that in Clover. That's that's an older song of theirs that they would play mm-hmm. a lot. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, uh, the version they do with Clover, it's faster. Uh, well, maybe that's I, I just yeah I don't I still don't like it it's I don't like that song um but it's more tough guy posturing yeah that's the thing but but it's also humorous you know it's lighthearted as well you know it's it's that? yeah I mean they're talking about bad tasting chili the baddest in the land well yeah because sometimes bad is actually bad it's 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 not it, it has that sound uh-huh. of being a tough guy but it's a silly song. That's like that's like a nerd joke in a good sense. I, nerd yeah. culture joke. That's similar to to hip to be square track in a later right. album. I didn't get that with bad is bad, but if that's what you're saying, that's endearing, I guess. Yeah. I but I just it always plus the effing harmonica in that is so <laughs> difficult to hear. I you know I I grew up with a wonderful grandfather we called him my papa who played harmonica and he was so good and he played it in a in a band and he played it with my grandmother and I really enjoyed it and you know I I, I inherited two of his harmonicas when he passed away wow. which I was very fortunate for. Never learned to play him. Thought I really liked him. I have to, and I do like the memories of him playing, but I really hate it when harmonica shows up in a pop song. Yeah. All the pop yeah. songs, like there's not one harmonica bit in these six albums that we just listened to that 
that you weren't that didn't cause you to tap your feet and really get into the track maybe i you know what it's they're sporadic they're sporadic in the album so when they come up i know that that's huey lewis playing or i assume that maybe i'm wrong no that's i guess he's the one with the harmonica it's like he tells us that i believe (laughs) in the song i think he tells us that in uh something in in the next album because he's been away for so long he is the one with the harmonica that's probably why I don't like it. Like that's, you already have your identifying trait. You're the singer. Your name's in the band title. You've got a voice that services these songs. There's nothing risky you have to do with your voice. Just put it down and let, let, let your band play something. I feel like harmonica is so screeching and, and, and overpowering. And, and I just, I, I do find it obnoxious. Did you like the harmonica as a kid? And do you like it now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind it at all. Um, I mean, there are bad harmonica parts, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind the harmonica. In, in the Huey Lewis songs or just in the world? Just in the world. Um, and I'm sure in some of these Huey Lewis songs, I'm sure I could find the, the ones I don't care for. Uh, and Bad is Bad is one of those that just has never done it for me. That's a lot of harmonica. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot of harmonica. But but, uh, but as, as a whole, I don't... Uh, shy away from harmonica bands i like blues traveler mm-hmm. and those are that's it those are the two harmonica bands i know um if you're in a harmonica band and you like the show please email <laughs> us at um shrieking bleeding <laughs> eardrums at crapmail.com no did you want to play harmonica as a kid no i had no did interest. you pretend to play harmonica as a kid? i absolutely did i would pretend to play harmonica every mm-hmm. every almost every time I remember one time my parents, my not, not my parents, because my my uh, mom and dad were divorced, but we were in a car uh, going on a day trip, and my mom was driving, and my aunt was in the passenger seat in the front, and I was in the back seat, and we were listening to Huey Lewis in the news, and I was wailing, I was air harmonicing <laughs> that whole back seat apart. This this was your air well air harmonica band, wasn't it? This yeah. is what you performed in front of mirrors for yourself. I didn't have to look at myself; I knew what I was doing. So what was the attraction? You said earlier, like you were kind of the Huey Lewis, I guess. What well, is yeah, that attraction? I mean, what what brought you to that? I, I I enjoy the songs, I enjoy the band, and like you're saying, there's no risk to it. There's it's not <laughs> edgy music to, at all. It's about loving rock and roll. It's about, like you say, almost all their songs are about love in some respect, or they're about being in a band, um, and. I that's true they're telling you the two things you know yeah Yeah. so it's like I yeah I just was thinking about this uh as we were listening to these and the whole you know uh aspect of this podcast is not just the nostalgia but also how it defined us and 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 how we relate to it then and now and Mm -hmm. I just and like I said I don't know if it's because I liked the band or I was this way and so I was drawn to the band but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, I was a shy kid. I wasn't a troublemaker. And if I was a troublemaker in my mom's eyes, it was the kind of troublemaking that really wasn't very harmful. You know, like, <laughs> like I would draw pictures on the church bulletin in church. So my, you know, my mom's, Sinner. exactly. My mom's friends could see me drawing, you know, it could have been a dirty picture maybe, but probably not. Um, and so, you know, my mom's friends see that and get all snooty about it. And so in my mom's eyes, I'm this troublemaker, but ultimately that's not trouble. That was my mom's view of trouble. Um, and you know, maybe as I got older, I did get into a little, little trouble here and there, but still nothing, Mm. nothing huge, nothing to, uh, the extent of other people, my age. Um, I wasn't stealing. I wasn't, taking the car out without asking i wasn't drinking i wasn't going to the to the uh the old hangout uh, where did they go i'm trying to think the gravel pit <laughs> the kids okay. my age would go to is the that gravel, actual pit. gravel pit or the it name was, of a restaurant a, that's this is what i heard i actually had never been i don't think to this day i've ever been to the gravel pit the gravel pit. but the, the bunch of kids knew where to go where there was a pit full of gravel and that's where they would go and drink and do whatever. I never did that. And 
Huey Lewis would never do that. Did you want to? Was there a... No, I I really didn't have any interest in it. I don't think he would. Now, when... Were you... Like, I guess now you're saying this, and maybe you've already said this. As a kid, was your thought that Huey Lewis is safe? Or was there something to the... Like, rock and roll is never... Never seems like something that... Even though there are safe rock and roll acts, obviously. And I think I gravitated to those for a while, too, growing up. We talked about that once where... I was more Pearl Jam than Nirvana because Pearl Jam was safer. But was your impression of this as rock and roll that it's safe that Huey Lewis is a decent guy and I'm decent? Or did this still seem kind of like like something like the heart of rock and roll? That's that's not acting like a safe song, even though it is. I mean, that's that's getting at something. I mean, rock and roll still meant something as a term. Yeah, I don't think I, I thought. But, I know. In fact, I know I didn't think of it that way. I wasn't that aware of it. <clears throat> at the time, mm-hmm. um, I just generally enjoyed the music. Um, looking at, you were talking about the first half of, of sports, and I get to the second half, walking on a thin line. I distinctly remember having this tape in my Walkman, um, and I would go out on my bike, and I would ride for miles and miles and miles. And where I lived, you could kind of get out of the city and just ride along farm uh, farmlands, and you'd just be going straight for a long time. And I would, this song would come on and it would just excite me and drive me to just pedal that bike like nobody's business. And in my head, as we've talked about before, I'm suddenly in a film or a TV show and this is the soundtrack. And as the drum was hitting and coming back in from the chorus, um, I was rounding the bend, like trying to finish the race. It's like, I don't know, this music just was always in my life and, and it just, it was exciting music to me, even though as we look at the greater picture of music in this world, it might not be all that exciting to to listen to. It's it's straightforward, good. I've, I've had somebody describe it as good time rock and roll. Oh, that's that makes sense. I, it's interesting. The side two of sports, the album we're talking about right now, that song Walking on a Thin Line, that also was that was probably my favorite song in this album. I I, I remember having this on cassette. I don't know if I think I had a copy of it and then eventually I got it to cassette. So side one, I knew those were all hits, but side two of sports of all of Huey Lewis's work, that's probably what I listened to the most walking on a thin line. If this is it and whatever else is on the album. You crack me um, up. And yeah, walking on a, th- that's there. I like that song. I just don't like the last song. What's the fucking last Honky song? tonk blues. Yeah, I could do without that. And that's but the a rest cover. Is, that's a cover is, of a is, Hank Williams a, song. Yeah, they still put it on there, though. But with, with this, I like, I don't know, Walking on a Thin Line, I, I, your story kind of describes, I mean, that that to me is Huey Lewis being sincere. There's no posturing. It's, yeah, and not as a knock. This, I think, is what I related to. It's Average Guy Worries. You know, it's a very believable song about just worrying about your place in the world. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And that's why, that's probably what spoke to me Outside of Power of Love, which was this ballad from a movie, or Power Ballad, that spoke to me. Do you think, with sports, because sports was a big album, do you think that the people who bought it for side one, for the hits, do you think they were expecting this side, like side two, to be... Because it, it, it's too drastically different as a concept. The, the, the album is divided well. Side two is a very different side than side one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if this is it is could have been on side one. I think that's a side one type of song from Huey Lewis and the News. Um, but yeah, the others uh, do have a different kind of point of view, a different sound. I think You Crack Me Up is more of a holdover from their first album, first and second. It's got that's, a, it is. Yeah, that's very It's got a more angular edge to it. Um, it's probably my favorite song. One of my favorite songs of theirs. It's top five. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You crack, and it's again, it's a song about nothing. It's a song about uh, mm. basically singing about a person that he knows who's trying to be something she's not, which, you know, now that we're talking about it this way, um, makes sense coming from Huey Lewis in the news because they never try to be something they're not. They're just they're who they are and who they are. We still haven't really defined, but we know that that's who they are. They are who they well, are. I would say they're who they are from side two of this album on is what I feel like. 
And maybe it's because it's what I'm more album. familiar with. Like, including the next album, very much the next album, actually. Yeah, I, think, I, uh, I think the next album might have even sold more than sports. I think sports, uh, in retrospect, is still their, their most famous. But I think four <laughs> might have been the bigger sales album. It was a big album. I mean, it would. It came out in '86, right? 1986. Uh, yes. So it would have been the year after Back to the Future. Um, so Power of Love and and Back in Time, both songs from Back to the Future. I feel like those were the songs again I knew. So they were huge off of that. So yeah, I bet there was a lot of actually anticipation of this album. Do you like the album for? I do like the album for. I don't like it wholly. As much as I like mm-hmm. the first three albums prior to this, um, there are some songs in here I absolutely love. There are some songs in here I, I always skip. Um, but yeah, I do like the album. Um, I feel like what do you what do you skip? What are some of the songs you <clears throat> skip on this? Album? Um, I skip I skip Forest for the Trees. Yeah, <laughs> and I skip Simple as That at the end, the last song. Those are the two That's a big sounding song. I was surprised by that song. That's a very large orchestrated song. Yeah, and I think with this album, I think what they did, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not uh, a Huey Lewis and the News historian, much to the chagrin <laughs> of a lot of people that know me that assume that I am. Well, yeah, I was going to say we're doing the episode why then, but okay. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. I can't get into their heads but I get the feeling that after these first three albums and the success of Power of Love, um, they were able to, like you were saying before, with like the, the first album especially, it's like, are these the songs that they want to be playing or were they maybe just kind of in that moment? Um, I feel like with Four, they've kind of hit their stride of what their, their, their actual real sound is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess, again, talk about all the ways to describe the band. At this point, I kind of hear them as adult contemporary, whatever that is. Well, now you do, but do you think when 4 came out, it was adult contemporary? I, I mean, this was pop music. Was this also rock music in the I 80s? I don't know if this would be considered rock music, 4. I think you could call sports rock music. I think sports and everything before that you could still call rock. I don't know if you could call 4 rock. Um, so do you think fans turned on this album? Do you think fans were not as big for this no, album? No, I think like they fans were. Had been there I still think sports. they were. I think they were because um, fans were aging and growing and evolving along with the band. It's three years. I mean, that's not a it is for, for, huge expanse I mean, it's going of time. From, from 12 to 15. Yeah, it's not about adult contemporary. That's I'm a, not adult contemporary, but, but it, it, the progression seemed to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in my eyes, it was sort of more grown up too. like, uh, stuck with you is this, you know, the song about a relationship and he's happy to be stuck with her. Maybe I don't really love you anymore, but we can, we can make this work. I suppose. That's Huey Lewis's love song, <laughs> yeah. honestly, that kind of where it's like, eh, but it's nice. And, you know, also that video, I feel like that's a pretty funny video. Maybe that's where he got all of his acting roles from. Like that's, it could be. that's a goofy. Well, and that's the other setup. thing. I uh, think I like that. You were talking about the band and, and taking themselves seriously. I don't think they ever took themselves seriously. If you look at their music videos from day one, they're, they're all pretty lighthearted, um, <laughs> you know, heads, you know, buried in the sand up to their heads, singing their doo-wop, bopping their heads back and forth in uh hilarious. This is it. Um, I want a new drug, you know, running, trying to get to the, the sh- you know, it's all silly stuff. And then on this one, um, doing it all for my baby. I've never seen the video for that. I didn't, there's a video, obviously there's, I never saw the video for I want a new drug. Oh no, that is, you, no, you, no, you'll, you'll, you'll so. watch it after this. Cause that's the epitome. <laughs> you'll not enjoy that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's exactly everything you, you've described as Huey Lewis with the cut off sleeves and the, and the, the shades, you know, huh? uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and th- is there a moment? Is there a moment in the video where he looks at the camera and although <laughs> his shades are on, he pulls them slightly down the nose to look probably at you? Probably is. Then he looks back at something. Probably is. Then he looks back at you. He kind of shrugs. Probably is. So, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I derailed. No, we were talking about this. just their music videos and how they're fun. Doing it all for my baby. Oh, it was a pretty big uh, music video. They played it a lot. It was a, a long one. 
uh, that they would sometimes cut down, obviously. But it was when they were kind of monsters, uh, old, uh, what is it, Universal Monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula. I have not seen that video oh. either. I guess I will be checking some ridiculousness out <laughs> you tonight. Absolutely should. Um, but you mentioned Forest for the Trees. You mentioned that is um, I never walk alone. Is that off of this album or is that? Uh, it is on this album as well. See, so like I I liked as a kid again. I liked Forest for the Trees. This also just like sports. Side one top heavy with mm-hmm. hits. I feel like side two was was what I always went to. I mean, I enjoyed songs on the first side, but side two, this album more than sports. So maybe this does tie into, maybe I, I'm starting to understand your idea of maturing. I mean, this side two seemed to be saying something about becoming a man, getting older, you know, it through a 12 year old's exactly. eyes. Yeah. Um, and there was, was something to it. I mean, the, I never walk alone song. I used to really love that. Cause it was this idea of, you know, oh, people are going to be with me. I've got my friends. I mean, the lyrics to write them out are simplistic and preposterous, but it, it hit me as a kid it hits you it, and there was an emotion got, to that. And the music drives it too. The, the music that the band is putting out there, um, just accentuates the idea. Yes. It's a simple idea, but there's a rousingness to that, that, that melody of I'll never walk alone. It's not just, a statement there's like feeling to it and there's chills at least when i hear it there's there's a little bit of chills i'll agree with you on that oh, thank god so I, I think i'm understanding a little bit more why you would sincerely relate because i think i i related to the i don't know if i held on to it. it 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 did come back to me when i was listening to these a bit yeah like i remember 1986 very clearly for these songs but I think it is making some sense. I mean, this, how this might shape you, at least these couple albums here. And, you know, like I said before, it's like, I can't tell you, I mean, it was probably more of who I was and just the band appealed to me because that's who I was. But, you know, divorced parents, uh, I probably, you know, I still don't think too highly of myself. I'm sure I didn't think highly of myself then. Um, There's just something about, some of these messages and how, yes, they were simple, but they're positive. Um, and, and, and again, the music for me, when it comes to music, it, it's not just the lyrics. I, I really respond to how the, the melodies and the sounds and the combinations and, and, and the instrumentation, how that all comes together. And, and that affects me. Um, probably more so than how the lyrics might affect me. And that just, yeah, it was good time music. It made me feel good. And I liked it. And I really, at this age, after four, which was 86, um, I was at the age where I could anticipate new music. And I was really looking forward to their next album. And uh, their next album came out in 88. And that is Small World. And man, was I disappointed. And I even remember, I remember hearing their first sing- single off of this, Perfect World. And I enjoy that song. And That's I not a it. bad song. I like right? that song. I like it to, to this day. Um, but what this whole album turned out to be is a return to what their sound was prior to their first Huey Lewis and the News album. A sort of a jazzier... Um, I don't want to call it jazz rock. I don't want to call it jazz fusion, but it just has. <laughs> That's called rock. Yeah, but it was just a jazzier, uh, more. It's like this really adult sound. Really, really. Uh, this the, album, the kind it's of the thing. Small world album. Yeah, this is the kind of thing. I I felt like I shouldn't be listening to this album. This album wasn't made for me. I was. You felt this at the time at the when time. it came yeah. out. Um. Didn't stop me from listening to it. I listened to it a lot. But I could. Did you try to like I, it? I, Did you like feel like I you felt had like to I like had it? to like it? I had. I'm a huge Huey Lewis fan, and probably by this point, that was um, known to everyone around me, and so I feel mm-hmm. like I had to like it. And I, I do like the album. I think I like it more now than I did then. Um, for about four or five songs out of the ten that are on here. Um, Did you pretend to like jazz for a while when this album came out? Were you suddenly into jazz? Um, no, 
I didn't do that. No? I'm trying to think because it was it was in the you 90s. Were never as phony as I was. In the 90s, I actually did get into liking jazz. That's when Harry Connick Jr. showed up, and I uh, <laughs> it started from Harry, and then I would backtrack and and listen to other things. You get that Starbucks compilation. No, I, I got a Starbucks compilation. So this was not. Would you do you think your opinion is similar? Like, was this not? the band people wanted them to be yeah this was that was exactly that this is probably the most them that the band was um, but it wasn't what we had been listening to we weren't all like closet clover fans and sound hole fans <laughs> waiting for them to yeah hey, i like their their new sound but i just want them to get back to their their sound hole days yeah, do you think there were? Do you think there were fans at this point in their career who were hoping this album would happen? Um, Obviously, not the driving force for th- sales, but there some. might have been. Like I said, they were a big, big uh, institution in San Francisco. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that there were locals that grew up with them in the '70s um, that heard this and was like, "Oh yeah, this is the, the Huey Lewis and the Johnny Cola I remember." Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's huh. but it's also. Yeah, some of the, the the melodies and the the songs like what what like what stood out for you on this one on your most recent listen? Well, I, first of all, this is the first time I've ever listened to the album. Okay, like I know one or two songs, I know the hits, so I didn't know it um, when the album started. Like the very beginning of the album, I I, I was kind of thinking, is this like is this their Prince album? Something about this sounded like the beginning of. Uh, party like it's 1999 i think okay. or something there there was a print song that this had started so you know i was all set to be like these hacks what are they just what are they doing why are they doing this and i'll tell you because i listened you know i listened to the whole thing what would be side one of this album i was very impressed by all right i was actually very impressed by the first half by side one of uh of this album, side I, one is. I, is I may not favorite. listen to it again. Sure, is your favorite? Well, is your favorite? I was just side one of this album. No, I, I told you that I liked probably four or five songs off of this album. Oh, okay, and yeah. so I'm looking at it, and the first five songs are side one, and those are the ones that I like. There, I also like slamming. Yeah, I, I don't mind slamming at the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I don't like jamming, but but the but others no, this, I can't. It stand. is exactly I. I, I I really agree, and I think you hit on why I like this. This is the most news-sounding album. I the song "Perfect World" is a pretty awesome song, actually. Yeah, I, it's got the band is really good in it. The horns aren't overpowering; they're great horns. Tell I me, like that. I remember the video for. I that. was going to say if that. you saw the video because you hadn't seen all the videos. I think the song's better without the video. Also, I think it means something different without the video. I was reading online. I was like, oh, I didn't. I remember it for the video. It's. It's a more optimistic song than I thought it was. I thought it was a very negative song, which is why I liked it. I thought that's a risk for Huey Lewis, but it sounds like it's a more to read the lyrics and to read the the Wikipedia like essay that I read about the lyrics. It's more optimistic. It's typical Huey Lewis yeah. optimism, which I, I I didn't get. I do like this side. I I was really impressed that they were trying something different. Um, to flip it over to side two. <sighs> well. I I agree with that sound, but it's also it follows the formula. It's, it's the same side two of the previous albums, just a lesser version. You know, it's got generic yeah. ballads. It's got I think is is walking with the kid. Walking is with that the kids, I can't stand. Uh, World to me, I used to like that song. I used to <laughs> sing that song. I used to kind of believe that that's how you should think of the person you were in love with. And I was, you know, oh. I was 14, 15 at the time. So World to me, I probably have, when I was listening to it, I, I probably had the most nostalgic feelings hearing that song. Mm-hmm. Um, so but it's nice. also Do not you ever go, a great song. When was the last time you listened oh, to it? I, prior, prior to this, this, it had to decades, honestly. So it's a, okay, it is a drop off. It's weird. I, again, I... I get why this album didn't do well, but I was so impressed by this first half of it. But yeah, that's the second half to me. I feel like, and then we'll go into the next album. 
that's the the band to me slides off of whatever they were starting with that sure. side. Honestly, my least <laughs> favorite. I'm gonna insert Huey Lewis into this sentence just to make it relevant. My least favorite Huey Lewis song of all time is on side two, and it's "Give Me the Keys." <laughs> And I will drive you crazy. And yeah. I'll tell you, you can keep your keys, but you did. That song, at this point of their career, that's just weird. I remember that I remember the video for, and the video is preposterous. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I remember as a kid, I'd, it's it's a horribly blue screen. I'm going to drive this car off the ledge the next time I see the video because that's what he does kind of, kind of thing. But even as a kid, however old I would have been when this came out, where I, I was a fan, that's I was embarrassed by that song. And that's not something that happened as a kid. I was never embarrassed by the songs being performed. I might feel weird if I found someone listening found me listening sure. to something that maybe I wasn't supposed to be, but it was just an embarrassing song and I feel like something happens with side two of this. Not that I know them as well as, as I think you do, but I feel like Something happened between four and this where they weren't sure of themselves. They tried something new and it was amazing and good for them. And let the let the band play. Huey Lewis takes a backseat to the band yeah. on that first album. But then something happened in the second half. And again, I didn't have this album going growing up, but a couple years later when Hard at Play, which is the last of the albums we listened to, came out, like I rushed out and bought that. I remember hearing it's a return to form or something like that. Right, exactly. That album, I feel like they have fallen by that album. That Hard at Play, maybe it's just because I was listening to these one after another in a row, by that album, both as a listener and I think the band on the album, Exhaustion, has kind of set in like I just feel like it's not a catchy album it's not anything new and it's not familiar like the last couple albums they are familiar but in a comforting way this just felt like pale imitations to me anyways felt like pale imitations of something yeah reaching back to try to do something yeah and again it's like I wasn't there I'm not in their heads but I, I can hear exactly what you're saying for instance like for Small World you almost get the the sense that uh, some record producer jumped in after hearing the, the opening of the album and was like, no, 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 we need some, some Huey Lewis stuff. We need some love songs that are more straightforward. <laughs> and so they kind of yeah. just bang some things out perhaps. Um, and I think, I don't know if it was the record company or the band themselves, but to talk about this being a pale version of themselves, it's also like they're, they're hitting all the, the hits that they had on the previous albums you know, they've got the, the love songs that are pretty straightforward, but then they've got Couple Days Off, which is their new Working for a Living, which was a, a moderate Not a bad hit. song. It's it's a pretty, I, it's my favorite song on this album for sure. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like Couple Days Off. And again, Couple Days Off is another one of those songs that if it just, and it has happened to me where I remember I was leaving work here just a couple years ago had my headphones on, I was riding my bike home, and it was literally my last day before vacation. We get it, you're in shape. No, no, no. But it was literally my last day before vacation, and this song came on, and I felt so good. It was the fact that I was leaving work for a week, but this song just makes you feel so good. Then the band as a whole makes me feel good. But it feels like, yeah, they're trying to hit the, hit the same uh, beats that they hit on previous albums. So you got a couple days off, um, you've got your love songs. You've got some some stompers in there with like "Don't Look Back," and then they even <laughs> end. You know, sports ends with a countrified pop song, and this ends with a countrified pop song. So it's like they're trying to. Is it remind, time is money. Is it that song? Yeah, time ain't money is what closes out that. Ain't disc. money. Sorry, my grammar was my grammar was right. <laughs> time is not money. Yeah. <laughs> So, and it's not, I, I feel like this is their farewell, farewell album. Have they had an album of original material since that? Yes, they have. They, they put out, I can't remember the year. I wrote it down on the notes that I can't find. Um, but they came out with a, well with an album called, of all things, Plan B. Um, which, <laughs> which is, I think it's a decent album. 
it is very much is that this century is that it was 2000 2000 something or is that the 90s? Yeah, 2003 or okay. 4 i think um and it's decent it's it's exact it sounds more like um hard at play than the earlier stuff um, yeah. But it's just more it's it's where they settle into their adult contemporary vibe and and play fun, light, straightforward pop rock. I was curious what you were going to call it, because it's not rock and roll. Hard at play is not rock and roll. No, I wouldn't call that rock and roll. The way sports and even parts of four are. And it's not new wave either. It's i guess yeah something they aged quickly i mean i know it's 10 years i know we're talking 10 years of the 80s of their career from 80 to hard at play is 91 is that correct so that should be a a wide span of time but there are plenty of bands plenty of musicians and maybe it's because and this might be why but there are plenty of bands musicians who have their swath of work for 10 years 15 years and they keep producing solid work. They don't get old. They might change. They might evolve or whatever. But they, they, they continue doing it. Tom Waits, David Bowie, The Pretenders, they all keep going. I, I wonder with Huey Lewis, and you can speak to this more than me, I think, because I think you're, you're more ingrained, because it happened while you were listening to it, like maybe not the first album. But like you were listening to sports when sports came out, correct? And listening to four and listening to these albums as each one progressively came yes. out. To be fifteen and to think this band is now adult. To be fifteen and think, oh, this band's at their midlife, they're changing. That doesn't resonate with me at fifteen. I mean, I got into fucking Aerosmith, sadly, you know, in nineteen eighty seven when they were turning forty and they had their big comeback. And to me that was rock and roll. It was the second phase of their career, but I didn't think of them as forty year olds. Right. I just thought of them as a rock band. Maybe there's something in your teens and in my teens at the age of following this band that that you can only grow so far as a teenager with a band. And if the band is changing, and while I think it's for the worse with what happened at Hard at Play, if they have found something they're comfortable with and move into, and you're not at that level, I mean, what are you going to do? You abandon them, right? You just don't. You don't, I mean, you kept up with them though, right? You kept getting, you have all of their albums. Yeah. Right? But I mean, I mean, I'm a completist anyway. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to have their album. It's, I don't throw plan B on the old turn style, uh, turntable, uh, all that often. Um, in fact, I've really only heard a couple songs during these past few days because uh, I've been listening to a lot of this on my computer and on my, my iPod. And so those songs are there. Um, so I have it. I enjoy it for what it is. Um, but I don't know if, if I wasn't, if that part of me wasn't already ingrained as, as being the person who has to, if I've, if I've got eight of the albums, I should have the ninth as well, you know? So would you say that this was, that Huey Lewis in the News, would that be the first band that you ever got Absolutely. into? Absolutely. Yes. And and would you still when you when you're talking music with people and obviously we just did for the link that we did but like if you're in in a conversation with people at work or at a bar or something talking about bands does Huey Lewis in the news come up? I don't know that it does. I mean if people ask me what kind of music do I like, I'll probably if I don't know them, if this is a early conversation with them, I probably will highlight some more modern bands that that are just sort of, um, you know, in in the 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 populace right now that people would know of. Um, not that they wouldn't know if he would listen to the news, but they're just they're not doing anything new. Um, but you know, if I got to know them more, I'd make them a mixtape. Of Huey Lewis in the news, <laughs> just just Huey Lewis in the news, and then I would keep that mixtape. <laughs> Upon their return. Um, outside of this episode and prepping for this episode, do you listen to Huey Lewis on a regular basis? Um, I don't listen to much of anything on a regular basis except, well, the two things. Like, I'll listen to stuff on Shuffle, and Huey Lewis mm-hmm. and all of their albums are on there, so um, they're bound to pop up. Um, but um, I've mentioned it before. I've been kind of doing this blog of mixtapes. 
um, where I've actually gone back and I'm listening through mixtapes. And so that right now is all I've been listening to. I have a tape deck in my car. So driving to and from work, I'll listen to those tapes. And a lot of them do have Huey Lewis and the news on them. So I'll hear it then. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not like we're, we're around the house and it's like, oh, let's put some music on. It's always on shuffle. So Huey Lewis and the News will come mm-hmm. up, but it's not like, let's just listen to Huey Lewis and the News. So this was fun to do this week. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I don't, I do, I mean, I listen to them sporadically anyways. I have some 80s playlists that I've put together and Do You Believe in Love is on those, Power of Love, um, I, I Think I Want a New Drug. Those songs do show up on it. I don't think I'll go back and listen to a full album again, but I will say listening to these for today's episode um, definitely brought me back specifically to the year. I very vividly remember 1986 and with four and having a cassette of four and listening to that all the way through. So yeah, it, it, it was, it was nice to, to go back to, it was nice to hear your take on it. I have, uh, I've always had respect for the band, but I have a little more respect for them outside of, I place them as a band of the eighties and that's what I like of them. You seem to have a far deeper connection and to hear you talk about it reminded me that I had a version of that. So yeah, they were uh, they, they were yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I hope you I hope you play us out with some Bobo Tempo. <laughs> well, I don't foresee that coming because I don't know <laughs> what the fuck that is. But fourth track off a of small world, Tim. Okay, then I did hear it. <laughs> Uh, that was the episode. That was uh, most of the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, you can follow the show 20th Century Pop by visiting the Not A Holograms webpage of nahpods.com. Uh, there you'll find the most recent episodes, past episodes, links to subscribe to this episode. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at 20popcast. Uh, next week, Bob and I will be back with a brand new episode to kick off an entire month of episodes revolving around uh, pumpkins, ghosts, bags of candy that, well, actually probably not this year, but, you know, previously we used to celebrate, you know, Halloween, and and then uh, we start a whole month of Halloween episodes uh, next episode. Um, Until then, this, this is what you got.